Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dana. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Happy 4th of July! I could have edited that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you got any plans for the 4th? Um, not really. No. Just edit this show? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy a hot dog. Fireworks? Buy a hot dog? Like from like 7-Eleven? You got a grill, man. What do you mean buy a hot dog? You're gonna microwave it? Yeah. You're such totally. a bachelor. Oh, God. That or, like, boil it. Yeah. Oh, oh. Come on. <laughs> I feel like that should be a crime. I'll play video games all day. That's fine. All right. Well, off. hey, at least you got the day off, right? Mm-hmm. How much does it suck that it's, like, in the middle of the week, though? A lot. Because I just keep forgetting that it even is happening, you know? Yeah. It's, like, it's just oh. more annoying than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't mind having a day off. But, like, yeah. In the middle of the week. Eh. Eh. So, but yeah, happy 4th of July. Don't blow any limbs off or anything like that. Listen or do. To, or do. I mean, as long as you can listen to this podcast. <laughs> as long as you're recording you do, it. You're an American, goddammit. You do whatever you want. <laughs> it's your day. Happy birthday, America. Yes. Um, We got a little bit of news. Kind spoilers. Of. Maybe. So, spoilers. If you care at all about the Avengers. I don't know if any of you have heard of this little movie known as the Avengers Affinity War. Um, not that it really spoils anything. In the well, story. it could not. No, not after hearing this. Not where you'll see where we're going. Okay, <laughs> so for months they've talked about like keeping the title of the Avengers Four under wraps, and you know they've probably built it up way more than they should have. This week there was a little bit of a leak <laughs> that happened. Apparently, someone went on. The cinematographers, like, I don't know, Lincoln page or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they found a possible title for the newest Avengers movie, Um, which is... Drum roll. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Stop listening if you don't want to know. Avengers Endgame. (laughs) So... he did, like, after it leaked online, he did go back and, like, change the title, like, quickly. Mm. So that makes it even more, you know, eh, maybe it really was, you know, the end game. And maybe it's a red herring. I don't know. But maybe it's maybe it was a pur- purposeful leak. Maybe. Could have been. Like, yeah. We're testing well, this title. Kevin Faki, he did say, like, after all the buildup during press for Avengers Infinity War and how people start harping on. So what's the next one called? Um, saying that people, you know, are going to be let down by it. And this definitely feels like a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Because you felt like, oh, well, there's got to be some kind of big spoiler in there or something. Endgame is a line that I think Strange says to Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't really feel like it's that big of a deal. I feel like you could have, like, told us that, like, the day after Infinity War dropped. It should be called Avengers. As far as I know, too, it's not linked to any other, you know, big comic book story that I can remember. I'm sure there's probably been a hundred, you know, story arcs called Endgame. 
Uh, so that's not the linking. That's kind of what I assumed, that like it was a title that definitely links to another story in Marvel's you know mm-hmm. comic book past um, that would kind of let you know exactly what was happening or give you an idea what's going to happen in part four. This doesn't really do that at all, at least for me. You know, I mean, obviously, Endgame shit's gonna hit the fan, but we already knew that. So, mm. so yeah, it is what it is. Take with a grain of salt. I mean, it could be completely something different. Who knows? It might yeah. be Secret Wars for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll go that far. Uh, I don't know, but no, I don't. I don't think so either. So yeah, so Avengers Endgame. So that's what we're waiting for. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna jump right into it, right? Comic books. Yes. We don't have many comic books this week. No, it was very light, very light pull. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just with the holiday coming or something like that. Although I feel like everything's dropping tomorrow. We're we're recording this Tuesday, July third. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of books actually dropping tomorrow. Kept I, mean, it I figure you know you're out about maybe we'll hit the stores. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I guess kind of last weekend was kind of a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there were a lot of barbecues going on, so. Maybe that was on purpose, or maybe we just didn't like half the shit that was out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we want to read our first blurb? Yes, uh, first we started off with Hunt for Wolverine, Mystery in Mandrapur, number two. Um, one X-Men down, five to go. The new femme fatales claim their first victim, but not their last. What is Magneto's connection to Logan's disappearance? Can Storm, Kitty, Domino, and Jubilee survive? When the whole city is hunting them? Can they? I don't know. Uh-huh. It, looks, it looks like they're okay. Um, what did you think of this issue, Christian? Um, you know, my my issue wasn't really with the story. It was just mostly with the art. Um, at the end, like, I loved Domino throughout this issue as well. Like, everything that she was saying, all of her moments were hilarious. Yeah. Um, I feel like the characters are are the characters. But when I'm looking at on this page and I see the exact same model for every single fucking person. Yes. It was hard to tell who was supposed to be who at times. Well, I could tell who was who, but I it was distracting. Almost. There's a part in the book, and I think you, you showed me the panel, mm-hmm. um, but it jumped out to me right away, too. Was I think it was the three X-Men who are left standing, and they're all like in the middle of an action scene, and they all literally same the only thing that was distinctive was like the outfits that they were wearing yes. but okay. i forgot what they were wearing last issue so it kind of <laughs> threw me off um don't worry uh domino's the one with the eye yeah. jubilee's the one holding but you could even see her, you could even see oh her yeah her hair yeah, was yeah. covering her eye too. yeah it was just them jumping i was like wait a second which one's kitty um so yeah, I wasn't a fan of the art. I did enjoy the story. Um, I think they're doing a great job. Zub um, is capturing these characters well and kind of their history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about that last um, issue. Um, this was definitely kind of a tweener issue, yes. you know, a bridge to where we're going, which was fine. It wasn't too heavy on like exposition or anything like that. I did like the reveal that they had like Magneto and kind of seeing that he's being drained. Um, all these characters, the femme fatales, they have had some kind of power boost um, that's like even gotten Viper a little sketchy, like a little itchy around them. Um, she's not sure. It seems like if she can control them, uh, it's they kept on talking about a couple of their like their hunger, like they want more. Well, well, one in particular, the one that like literally sucks souls. Sapphire, Sapphire sticks. Yeah, great names. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like all these characters were created in the nineties because <laughs> their names all suck. 
Yes, we got Mind Blast, Knockout, Bloodlust. Yeah, these are all very 90s names. It's not like we can really talk. I mean, like, Spider-Man, all these. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. And those are just household names. (laughs) I don't know. It feels, those feel like a 12-year-old, like, wrote them. So, but whatever. Um, Yeah, um, Sapphire Sticks is like, uh, they're, they're kind of talking about how each person has more power now and they're kind of like losing control. And, um, Sapphire's like been eating, feeding off of, uh, Magneto. Yes. And then, uh, now that Psylocke's in her grasp, she's kind of been like super, like she's been in touch with her. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, we don't know exactly. They, they've been hired by mm. someone else and we don't know exactly who is the person that hired them. So they're kind of like, it feels like they're hinting around like yes. a bigger, you know, villain for this arc. So, um, it's definitely not Viper. Viper is not the leader of this group. So she might be the one who just like facilitated this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. And you, you've got all the major X-Men down right now who start off the book, you mm-hmm. know, Storm, Rogue and Psylocke are all down and you've got, you know, Kitty, Domino and, uh, Jubilee, you know, um, do, hitting the streets, you know, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out exactly, you know, what's going on and who's involved. So, um, it was a good book, though. I enjoyed it besides the art. You know, definitely the art, you know, kind of takes something from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with you, though. I feel like Domino kind of stole this book. Um, but, but she yeah. has this, like, great moment with um, pretending that she has um, phasing abilities, like Kitty, but she just keeps Kiss. smashing the person's face in. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't think I actually have Not phasing, power. not phasing. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, yeah, she, this has definitely been, you know, her book that at least issue two yeah. has been. So, um, but yeah, yeah. And they, you kind of have little Easter eggs to like Logan's history throughout this book, which is pretty cool. Um, and then you've got the ending where, uh, Sapphire Sticks is going to, you know, Psylocke where yeah. she's laying prone and, you know, basically about to feed on her. Well, they've alluded to her being dead throughout the entire issue. Yes, which I'm sure she's just playing possum. Mm. Um, and then you've got, you know, Logan, you know, in his patch persona, um, sitting with Psylocke on his lap, you know, basically challenging Sapphire Six. Mm. Um, I feel like, you know, possible spoilers, that this is just Psylocke, you know, projecting, you know, Logan. Mm. Um, that's what I feel like. I feel like she has been playing possum, you know, making them think that she's dead while she's probably plotting or something. Um, you know, there's no way Psylocke is dead. Yes. So, and God, she's died so many times in the book at this point. <laughs> yeah. So even if she was dead, she'll be back shortly. More um, times than Wolverine. <laughs> oh, I, I, I honestly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, still a good read. You know, I, I'm on board for the third issue. Yeah, I believe this is four. Is this a four part? Yeah, okay. they, they're all four. Yeah, so I, I I'm looking forward to. The I mean, this was definitely better than what we received last week with um, Claws of a Killer. Yes, yes, which we didn't even bother reviewing. Yes, so I don't know if I'll pick up the third issue of that just to kind of, maybe just to find out where they're going, mm-hmm. see if it's a piece of the puzzle. I mean, I feel like I'm gonna read them all just and just to see if it ties in all together. And yeah, they all work, but. At the same time, it's if any of those issues are good, we'll let you know. Mm. <laughs> but otherwise, we're not going to waste. Yeah, we, I mean, God knows done. the podcast is long enough at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, uh, what did we read next? Uh, we had Infinity Countdown, Dark Hawk number three. 
All right. And this has actually been my favorite book the last yeah. like couple of months. So I've really, really enjoyed what they're doing in this book right now. And this is actually a book. I know it's got the Infinity Countdown, you know, title above it. And it is kind of a tie-in, but it's very loose, I feel like. I feel like you can just pick up this mm. book if you're interested in Darkhawk and you don't need to even know what's going on with the Countdown and you would be okay with this. It kind of works as like its own story. So um, don't be afraid to pick up this book because no, of the yeah. it explains a lot about his character. It does, it does. So, so like, because you really didn't know much about mm. this character before this book, and you're able to like, you know, kind of jump in and totally understand and get the book. So it's totally worth it. Um, but yeah, so Darkhawk takes to the spaceways, determined to take down the fraternity of the Raptors and save the brother of his good friend Nova, aka Richard Ryder. But the Raptors have a few new tricks up their sleeves that he might not be ready for. I feel like that's the blurb for last issue. <laughs> I, it's because they're trying to hide. Yeah, like, I know. I know. But I was like, come on now. You can be a little more creative. Or don't give us anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but yeah. So this book basically starts off with Darkhawk down for the count. Um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Razor shows up. You know, uh, basically his host mm-hmm. for, you know, since he's been Darkhawk, they've been separated recently. Um, and he basically gives him a pep talk and then powers him up. He gets a power upgrade, um, basically telling him that, you know, I gave you my physical form, but I didn't give you, like, the, you know, my mind, basically. Yes. So he hands over his mind. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting because it kind of goes and then shows, like, the history of Darkhawk. Like, there was a nice like montage in there where it does kind of give you you know fills in some of the blanks you know especially like a new reader um you know but he's basically powered up and he's able to like adapt even more so before because before his whole thing was like he would be able to adapt to different things mm-hmm. um but now he's like just you know basically unchained so um you have a really cool moment there death's head arrives again you know he's back on board if i had one like issue with you know the series is there hasn't been enough action from death's head the last you know two issues more of a comic yes meeting points yes Uh, yes like besides the first issue where he confronts dark hawk you know he really has just been there for you know one-liners um but yeah that being said, I really enjoyed, you know, everything that's happening. You get the Dark Starhawk, I believe they're calling him, um, in the beginning of yeah. the book. You know, I'm not big on the name. The design is cool. Yes, and... yes, yes. And the, the whole backstory is cool. I love that he's, like, they're, like, Phoenix killers, mm-hmm. basically. Um, you know, but they're heading towards Earth, and they hijacked another ship, um, which was which was a pretty nice moment. You know, it was a Kree ship, so... And they do it relatively easily. Mm. So it shows how powerful they are. Um, But yeah, you get Chris Powell basically, you know, just becoming, you know, the best version of himself now. Now He's got full access to his powers, um, which I don't believe we've ever had. Mm. So that should be, you know, just really interesting to see where they go with that. And if it's something that he keeps, Mm. um, you know, because I... Felt like he went, like, pure, like, mecha mode at the end. (laughs) So, basically, it ends with him, like, going after the ship. um, And they see him, like, on the monitors. And they're like, well, that's not... He's not... Basically, not that big. And then they show him. And he's this giant. 
And if you look at the cover for the next issue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, is that Voltron? Yes, <laughs> right? right so, um, I think one of the, the only things that irked me while I was reading this was the whole, like, he just got a huge hole put through his chest and this, he got, he gets powered up. And, uh, one of the things I liked about the character was that he has his human self in his, uh, necklace. And that's, of course, was given over to, um, the star hawk version yes of that. that was the sacrifice that was yeah the so i don't know hawk. for some reason that kind of irked me was just like oh he's you know he's still able to be himself without his necklace which is fine i guess that's just a story element well, for yeah i think it's kind of him like almost mm-hmm. coming into age and like being the fully like realized version like he doesn't need the amulet anymore gotcha it's like tony stark without the arc reactor you know that kind of idea so and then maybe i don't know how long it's gonna last though you know, I don't know if this is going to be... Well, from what I read, it seemed like they alluded that he can only turn back if he still has the ambulance. Well, I feel like now in this fully realized mm-hmm. version, I might be reading into it, is he's going to have more control gotcha. over that. Um, but I could be wrong, too. Yeah, It'd be so. interesting if there was like a story down the road where he's like, I don't feel like being Chris Powell anymore, and he just gives the ambulance to um, whatever his girlfriend's name was. I forgot already. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that's just what I was thinking about at the time. Okay. Okay. So you're already story, storyboarding. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it. And I'm going to want to read uh, this after. I don't know if the amulet will be even part of it, like now since they sacrificed mm-hmm. it. But I could see, you know, them going back to like his more grounded roots. Because um, I don't know how this version would work, you know, on a police force. Yes. Because the, the opening issue, it feels like, you know, and they kind of felt like they're setting up. You know, him to be part of that whole squad that's going to be, like, you know, hunting down supervillains, working with the, you know, New York uh, Police Department. So, you know, it was like a task force that you're supposed to be joining. So, I I don't know if you're going to get this version of Darkhawk, you know, this giant, you know, mecha version, um, you know, on that task force. So, you know, I don't know if that's just like a mode he can go to and he can go back and forth if he's going to have that much control. So... Um, but it's a, it's a cool concept. Hmm. You know, we'll see where it goes. But I've really enjoyed this story so far. So the next we had Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing. Another Marvel Star Wars book. I did not read this book. <laughs> but I did. Okay. Uh, that's Lando Calrissian isn't one to stick his neck out unless there's credits to be had for it. So when he finds himself fighting for oppressed workers in a droid junkyard... Their better hope, their freedom, is worth something to him. This has nothing to do. I don't even know why we read the blurbs. (laughs) I'm like, wait. (laughs) There was a time where I felt like the blurbs actually gave us something, at least a setup for the book, but now they're just getting so far off track what the books are actually about. We'll have to rethink the blurb Mm -hmm. thing. (laughs) So that's not what happens, huh? No, I mean, it's mostly like uh, they, they land on the planet. Their goal right now is to get the weapons to um, this girl's father, who's like been enslaved on this planet, and that's kind of like starting this whole rebellion kind mm-hmm. of thing for them. Um, and they get to the planet, and he just keeps going back and forth with this girl. He's not, you know, giving her any time of day. Like she is taking this very seriously, while Lando is, you know, Lando is being chill. He's, He's yes. He's just like, you know, it's my life. Charming bastard, if you will. Kind of, this felt way more like the Donald Glover version compared to the first issue. Like, 
this felt like very um, more naive, more um, cocky okay. than what we usually get with Lando. When when I think Lando, I think chill, smooth son of a bitch, criminal. You know? Yes, <laughs> uh, this was. He was very much like just into himself and like um, kind of more angsty. Okay, that's just how I felt about it. Um, we get there. L three was very much you know she's walking through a junkyard of droids and she's not getting upset, and that's definitely not what we saw with. Um, no, right? Because you would think that she'd definitely be like, like she didn't like what she was saying, but and she made comments, but it was it wasn't at the level where she's like I need to free these people. She literally gets in a line and is about to be like executed almost with a bunch of other droids. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like her whatsoever. Felt like off character? Yes. Yeah, because like from the opening scene of Solo, mm-hmm. you know, she's all about the droids' plight and everything. So that's, that's, and I wonder like if this book was written before they, like maybe they just got like character points, you know, for the, mm-hmm. for Solo. Because I'm sure like they're not going to be, you know, showing. You know these comic book writers oh, yeah. before you know it's released. Yeah, I'm sure they got like little plot character mm. points, and then you know they go from there. So, but I mean, and maybe that's why Lando feels a little more like the Lando that we got in the uh, movie. You know, with the second issue. Mm. So, yeah. So that I mean, I wonder how that works. Just whenever you have like tie-in comics like that. I have no idea. You know, because I know, too, a lot of times when they do, like, the comic book adaptation of, like, a movie, they yes. base it off of the script that they have. But sometimes the script doesn't necessarily line up with what they actually end up filming. So you'll have, like, almost, like, little deleted scenes, you know, or, like, you'll see something a little off-kilter or they was, like, left on the editing room floor. They've even been, like, with the current one for The Last Jedi, they've been adding little things mm-hmm. to, like, kind of almost retcon certain elements. Like, um, there's the moment where... Oh, I'm sure uh, Johnson's just thrilled about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just saw today while I was, like, on the internet... Um, Someone made a like side by side of the movie and the comic issue and how they kind of slightly changed it this much. And it's um, when spoilers, Roy Ray is going at um, Luke with the lightsaber, mm-hmm. and he starts to stumble backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, in the comic, they make sure to show you that he just tripped on a rock, and that's okay. why he's stumbling backwards and almost falls over, oh, rather okay. than just being like so frightened that he falls backwards. Okay. I don't know if I felt like it was because he was so frightened in the movie. That I don't know, but they seem to really... They wanted you to know. on that. Look, Luke's no one's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he just tripped. Uh-huh. The old man just tripped. He's not scared of this, you know, 16-year-old, you know, with a lightsaber. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would be in that situation. Well, exactly. That yeah. Like, you I have mean... no... Like... Well, and at that point... Oh, he is... He did open himself up again to the Force at that point. Mm. But yeah, I mean, he's probably, you know, just But he's felt back. her power, and she's incredible. And it, she's at, like, pure rage at that point, yes. too. So, and he's not going to fight her, you know, so I, I'm okay with him, mm. you know, falling backwards or just being overpowered for a second. You know, obviously, it wasn't for too long, because he's able to force, like, hold himself up. Yes. You know, I'm sure if he wanted to overtake her, he probably could. So, you know. But, oh, well. Yes. <laughs> Overall, um, the- hold on. Let's go down a rabbit hole. Did you see the side by side gifts of um, Ray's fighting style when she's at yes. the, the training rock, and then uh, Kylo? Yes. And everything. I had. I never knew that happened, and I love that 
someone has compiled this together so I can see that. And that was such an amazing revelation to see her training with the lightsaber and then actually see him going at it like this was just During the battle scene, and it totally, like, lines up, like, syncs up almost Mm -hmm. perfectly. The moves that they're doing, that, you know, basically the uh, choreography, um, it totally, you know, lines up. So, I mean, it was pretty cool. Do you feel like there's anything to that? I I feel like, you know, Rain Johnson isn't going to put something like that into the film unless it was supposed to be leading to something or supposed to be a scene. It's completely on purpose, but it's, I mean, the main thing that you know, what came out of after the movie came out and people were trying to understand why she's so powerful, why she's so at the same like same level as Kylo. And one of the big things that kind of came out was that because when they touched and when they uh, started to be connected and everything, she got all of his skills. And I hate that explanation. See, my thing is, too, though, Kylo's... It, one, he just killed his father. Mm-hmm. Two, he just got hit by that fucking uh, shot by uh, Chewbacca with that uh, bow staff thing. Yes. You know, and they made sure, like, throughout the movie that you saw how powerful that fucking thing was over and over again. So I feel like he's not at 100% at that point. So I, I don't know if I would go as far as saying, like, oh, she's, like, just as powerful as him. Mm-hmm. I think he's at a disadvantage you know, so not saying it was a handicap match or anything like no. that, but you know, he's an injured Kylo Ren who's emotionally drained. He just stabbed his father through the chest. So I don't know. I'm okay. I'm a little more forgiving of that, mm. you know, than some nerds. I guess I just I don't need that explanation. I don't need. No, I definitely don't want them like mind melting and she tapping into like his. For- yeah, no, that's garbage to me. Yeah, so. I'd rather it's just natural coming to her. It's the force. Yes, and it's just the raw her. power of exactly. it. You know, and you know, Kylo's a little off kilter at that point. So, and most um, of the Last Jedi, they are connected, and I, I like to think that with that fighting, that whole sequence is her almost just emulating what she's feeling from the future, almost mm-hmm. just kind of like that's how I see it, rather than that's interesting. It being oh, they're like twins, or they're like. I, I definitely don't level. want them to be twins, like, you know, long-lost twins or anything like that. They would yeah. make, and it would make no sense and feel totally, like, shoehorned in there. So I definitely don't need that. I mean, and, the, and Snoke is the one who's connecting them yes. in that movie. So, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense that they would have that and she would be kind of, like, feeding off of him. Mm-hmm. So, I get it. So, anyway, Lando! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, overall, the dialogue for Lando is, I think, really well done. Um, who's, I, who's this style written by? Uh, this is written by Rodney Barnes. Okay. I do not know anything he's done. Me neither. All right. <laughs> but impressive. Yes. it's. I've enjoyed it so far. I want to know where it's going. I know that this is going to lead up to Solo. This appearance in Solo. Is this so. making you, and I think I asked you this last time we reviewed Lando, is this making you enjoy Solo anymore? This in, issue in particular does. Okay. I think I got a better sense of who um, this Lando is at this time mm-hmm. and kind of like seeing him on his more angry side rather than just being the like knowing him as the cool calm collected guy mm-hmm. you know this is someone who's going to make rash rash decisions and mistakes you know he hasn't become Lando uh, Billy D. Williams Lando Lando's, yeah exactly <laughs> and, that's, and that's kind of what I thought about that movie in general just with um, Han I was like uh, this is not you know, him at this level yet. This is him as an arrogant, almost like naive character 
and we need more story yes. to get there. Which I don't know if we're going to get. Unfortunately. So. <laughs> Unfortunately. And that's what takes that I agree down with you, too. I would, I would still like to see a sequel. Regardless of my mixed feelings on that movie, mm-hmm. I still wouldn't mind seeing a sequel to it. Because so, I feel like there is so much there yes. on the plate still that you could really dive into. I feel like it was a great introduction yeah. to this character. Not... Because I, be, I feel like to the, the solo we had in this movie... Mm-hmm does feel a little more full of hope uh, compared to the solo we get at yes. New Hope, um, who feels like he's he's almost like Lando is in Solo, where he would, you know, drop his cargo at a moment's notice and turn the other way and hightail it out of there. Like, he's he feels a little mm-hmm. more, you know, willing to put himself out there um, in Solo. So I would like to see that story to see where, how he got there. What's the arc, you know? Mm-hmm. So what happens to make him a little more of that, like, scruffy nerf herder, if you will? So that pirate that we all love. Yes, and I would hope it would be some really cool interactions with Maul. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see. I mean, Disney has all the money, so they could pretty much make sequels and not give a shit if they make money. Yeah, but they like making money. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't help that this has just been so, like, critically, you know, panned. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and not even... I wouldn't even say pan, just kind of like everyone's just been very like, eh, you know, blasé about it. Just like, it is what it is. It was a movie. <laughs> you know, I, from most of the people that I hear that have seen it, they, they do get a better feeling from it than, like, because they had came in with lowered expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just kind of how you, you shouldn't need to have lowered expectations to enjoy a film, but... Why it's did we have lowered expectations? Is it because, because of, of the Last of Jedi? Last Jedi. Okay. Every- and see, I was the opposite, where I was coming in, I think, with like higher expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had my issues with Last Jedi, but I was like, I don't know, man. I like, you know, I know there's all the, you know, production hiccups and all that drama going on, but we dealt with that with Rogue One. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give it a, cho- a, a shot. And I really, you know, liked the trailers and everything. So I was kind of, you know, waiting for like another Rogue One. You know, I just didn't get that. So I was, I definitely left a little disappointed. But we're reviewing Solo again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Star Wars. Right? I know, I know, I know. So so much to love, so but, much to not love. And so, but maybe I'll pick up this book and you know, like I said, I'm gonna buy Solo when it comes out on Blu-ray, just because that's what I have all the prequels on, you know, Blu-ray. So that's just who I am. Well, so. I think just for me, in general, reading all these separate Star Wars books so far, I think it makes me want to read the main line more, mm-hmm. especially with you know how well Vader delivered. And I don't know if that's just because of Soul, but... Do you know who's writing the main um, Star Wars book? I do not. Is I, it just I, called I Star it Wars? The other day. It's just Star Wars. Okay, and it's supposed to be the exploits of like Skywalker mm-hmm. and Leia and, and Solo after Return? Um, no, it's before. I mean, they do have. It kind of follows the movies. Okay. So it goes through um, four, five, and six. Okay, but it's not actually in any kind of like order. Is it just like standalone I think stories? right now they're. I think it's supposed to be before New Hope at the moment. Oh, okay. Because wow. um, if it's the Mon Calamari joining right now for the rebellion, so those the characters ships. aren't even interacting right now. It's just like their individual stories then. Because no, if it's think. before New Hope, then... Okay. All right. Well, maybe we should just read it. Just read it. Exactly. <laughs> Find out. 
So, uh, I mean, if you're interested more about um, Lando and more about where he was during this, uh, during the Han Solo film, check out this book. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but good things about Marvel's Star Wars line. Yeah, so far. So, um, all right. So that's pretty much going to do it for our long box. We really didn't have much to review this no. week. But don't worry. Next week is uh, yes, <laughs> yes, an undertaking. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of reading ahead of us. So, uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's a movie being released this weekend. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> Disney and Marvel are at it again. Uh-huh. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp um, will be debuting in the theaters. Um, actually, is it is it released, getting released on 4th of July, or is it a uh, Friday release? I thought it was going to be Thursday, but I okay. didn't see any. It would be smart for them to do 4th of July. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so because I I know they've released movies July sixth, so yeah, so it is. It's actually Friday. I'm sure they'll do like a late, you know. Yeah, they'll do it Thursday. I know there's tickets available for Thursday. So um yeah, so we've got uh, Peter Reed back um in the director's chair. Um, he also uh, took place uh, um on the writing team for this script wise. Paul Rudd was actually on the script too. And we had a few other people that I've never heard of uh, doing the script. Uh, Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, um, Gabriel Ferrari. I mean, that's <laughs> that sounds, sounds like an 80s wrestler's name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I know Edgar Wright actually had a good portion of the writing credit for last um, for last movie. Hmm. So it'll be kind of interesting to see where they take it and you yes. know if they kind of capture the spirit of the first movie. Or if they're kind of going their own way now, um, you know, because I, I guess you could kind of like, I don't know if someone got their hands on Edgar Wright's original scripts, but they could kind of see, okay, well, they kept this scene, they kept that scene. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot that they kept from the uh, Wright script. So um, Well, you can almost even get the feel of it when you're watching it. You can oh, yeah. kind of totally tell, this was definitely Edgar and this is definitely Peyton. Yes. It's just... Yes. It, um, yeah, there's definitely parts that felt very much like right, and then there's definitely parts where, I don't know, it was almost borderline like Disney Family, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah. But, I, I mean, I enjoyed the first movie. I don't know how you felt about the first movie. I I enjoyed it, but I'm more indifferent about it. Yeah. Most of, it's just not my type of, like, film in general. It just felt like a very family-friendly Standalone Super kind standalone. of story and yeah. everything. I thought there's some neat things that they did, though. I liked all the action sequences. Mm-hmm. I like how they dealt with the shrinking and everything in those scenes. Um, but yeah, I agree where it does definitely. I enjoyed it more than Doctor Strange, though. I will say that. Um, or the first two Thor movies. <laughs> so I'm just a fan of Paul Rudd. Mm. Um, you know, but I would say I did enjoy the character Ant Man more in like Civil War than I did in this movie. Mm. You know, I just felt like he had better, like, one-liners, if you will, because I definitely feel like this character's more about, like, those comedic moments than anything. Um, so, um, we'll see if we get more of that style of Ant-Man, mm. you know, that kind of performance in the second movie. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm interested in, mostly, to see what this director does with his completely own film. He's not, you know, this isn't Someone else's half script. It isn't working with pieces. It isn't. Yeah, it's his vision. It's his so, vision. So, you know, I thought he did a great job mm. in the first one. Um, for what it was, I really did enjoy it. Um, you know, I'm excited too that it's not only an Ant Man movie; it's a Wasp movie because I did feel like she was kind of the most intriguing part of the first film. You know, was that character? 
Um, so I'm glad that we're kind of getting, mm. you know, the spotlight on her now, and we're going to see her in action. Because um, she was a pretty badass in the, <laughs> in the first movie, where it felt like she could drop, you know, Scott at any point if she really wanted to. Yeah. So to see her powered up and everything, that's pretty awesome. And I, I want to see more Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. I actually enjoyed that performance a lot. You know, How'd you like um, de-aged my, uh, Michael Douglas? How fucking creepy is that that they can just do that <laughs> now, right? Because I was like, this, I can't even see, like, the seams in this. Like, you know, because sometimes it looks a little off, hmm. you know? And I'm, I'm thinking of, like, Rogue One when they did uh, Grand Moth and the Tarkin. And he, there's times where he felt that's almost kind really of, well but that's done. also, that's also creating someone, hmm. like putting someone else's face on top of someone else, you know? So that... But de-aging Michael Douglas like that. I mean, they did a great job with Tony Stark exactly. in Civil War. Um, it just feels seamless. And where's that technology going to be in like 10 years? You know, I mean, you're going to have, you know, actors well past their prime playing mm. younger parts now. So, well, they might not want to go that far. I think pay they, I guarantee less. you, you're going <laughs> to get that. Where if you want to have like, you know, for lack of a better, like a Clint Eastwood or something like that, you know, playing a younger Clint Eastwood now, you could totally do that and be okay. So, Just hire his son. You know, he's, uh, well, exactly, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, not that I'd be mean, Clint Eastwood in 10 years would be like 90 years old, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> you get my gist. So, but yeah, it, it's, it is a little scary though. It is scary, I won't um, lie. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're going up against the ghost. This in this movie that mm-hmm. seems to be the main villain is so far as we know you know it's a Marvel movie so they we know what they want us to know so I don't know if someone's going to be working with her or whatever mm-hmm. um, they did change uh, her to a female character the ghost in the Marvel universe is a male character um, but it, it feels right it makes sense you know for her to be a female character I can definitely see that um, it the ghost has a really cool background story. Um, the origin of the ghost is he's kind of like a corporate vigilante. So I do feel like you're kind of get, kind of get that like dark reflection thing again that Marvel mm. does a lot. Um, but it's kind of a really creepy villain too. Um, he's really off kilter in the uh, Marvel universe um, where you don't, he's borderline crazy. Um, I'm just thinking back to like kind of his Thunderbolts um, origin, not his origin, but his arc in the Thunderbolts and everything. He was originally an Iron Man um, villain um, where he's more of like a spy and everything like that. And he was betrayed by this corporation after he built this tech, um, very much like Pym's origin Mm -hmm. in, you know, the first Ant-Man movie, Um, you know, where this corporation turns on him, basically sets him up. And after that, you know, he takes his tack and he kind of goes rogue with it. And he's like going against, you know, these other corporations and sabotaging things. Um, you know, but he kind of works for a price at times. So we'll see if she's a fully formed character like that. Um, you know, it's a cool power set, though. And I feel like it's going to be neat to explore that, mm-hmm. you know, against, you know, Ant-Man's power set. So she basically... The character's almost like Kitty Pride, where he can phase. Like, he phases into, like, these different realms and everything. So you're going to have these two contrasting powers, yeah. you know, going with that. So I think this is kind of a movie that, if you do enjoy, like, 3D movies, this <laughs> would be a cool movie to see. Um, I'm not a huge fan. They give me headaches, so I won't be seeing it that way. But, um, you know, I feel like this would definitely, like, lend itself to that kind of visual storytelling. 
Um, but yeah, you know, it's an interesting character, but it's definitely kind of that dark reflection, you know, kind of storyline. I mean, it won't be like as on the nose as having Yellow Jacket I, the the opposite of Ant Man, you know. Uh-huh. But, See, I didn't mind so much the Yellow Jacket thing because I understood where that came, like just the whole, you know, because Pym was Yellow Jacket in the books, and it was like this crazy version of himself. Um, you know, so I don't know if I forgave that, but it feels it's almost it, it's borderline almost like Iron Monger, if you will, you know, in the Iron mm. Man movie. Um, I feel like this is just sure. more of a like you know beaten down version of him if they choose to go that route if they go with more of the comic book origin but we really don't the trailer really doesn't no. tell you anything um, so and I don't know if this is going to be like I felt like the other movie was kind of like they were leading to believe that it was going to be more of a heist movie where I didn't feel it was like that much mm. of a heist movie I was expecting more of a heist happening um, so we'll see if they go that route again I, I don't get that kind of feeling from this, from the trailers at least. Uh, it almost feels like a like a buddy cop like yeah. team up movie, which is fine. Yeah, and I feel like you know that those two together and that kind of tone mm-hmm. that they set in the first one definitely works with that feel. So, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see Wasp on the screen though. I just hope we haven't seen all the gags in the trailer already. Marvel's really good about doing that, like protecting that. So, I mean, we might see some gags, but they might have different versions of the gags where we haven't seen the, mm. all of the gag, you know? And they usually hold back on how much they're showing you. Because I feel like we're seeing, once again, like the same like five scenes over and over again, just mm. coming different ways in the trailers. Um, so, because that would be... like I definitely feel like we haven't seen all the jokes. Um, you know, because there isn't many... This is more of an action thing. Than the, the trailers have been, you know, I feel like we didn't get too many. We saw more like sight gags, more slapstick mm. stuff than anything like giant Pez dispensers and shit. So, um, you know, so I, I definitely feel like it does need to be like it, the, the humor needs to be toned up a little. I was expecting a funnier movie mm. with the first one. You know, it was, you know, like I said before, it was almost like, I don't know, Disney Channel, but funny. Yeah. Like I can um, see that, that kind of humor. Television. Yes, exactly. Disney family or whatever. Mm. So um, I'm hoping that they kind of like, you know, up the volume on that a little because Paul Rudd is a comedic genius really, you know, on screen. You know, he's he's got some of the funnier lines in a lot of movies and I feel like he would operate well in this movie and I felt like he did a great job in Civil War. You know, so I would mm. like to see that, you know, version, like I said before, of, you know, the character. So, um, do we know much about what... Um Morpheus's character. <laughs> Morpheus's character. Morpheus is. Oh, are you talking about Lawrence Fishburne? Yes, I couldn't remember his name, so I'm like, I was like Morpheus's character. It's like, did I miss a trailer? Um, no. Well, okay, so it's Bill Foster, so who is a giant man for a time in the Marvel comics. Um, he's also another scientist. Um, but that's pretty much all we know. I believe there's a connection between him and the ghost in this movie. Okay. Um, they don't really hint at that in the trailer, just from things that I've read. Um, that's kind of the rumor that there's some kind of relationship between the two. I don't know if it's like a lab assistant or someone that he works with. I hope with, it's not father-daughter. Or, or a fam. I don't know. We'll see. So, um, you know, they hinted at some kind of relationship. So he was like, I know a version of the giant man or something like that. I'm trying, I'm blanking on the name. Um, you know, who did actually die recently in the um, Marvel 
books during the whole Civil War, the, the first Civil War uh, arc. So it feels like this story is going to be told before Infinity War. I feel like we... Oh, yes. Yes. They, just, they basically told us that. Do you feel like we're going to see any kind of, like... You know, I don't know, like, in, like, an end credit scene or something like that. Like, any kind of, like, you know, teaser of where we're headed, you know, in Infinity War. Or give us an idea of where Scott Lang was at during that time. Because that's kind of what the marketing's been. Yeah. You know, where's Ant-Man? So... I could see them pulling, like, um... Does everyone turn to dust? I would love that. (laughs) I feel like Wasp is going to turn to dust. I do feel like that's going to happen. You know? I don't think anything as deep as, like, his daughter or family turning to dust happens, but I feel like the Wasp will turn, or maybe Hank, or something like that. That would be great, but I... Just from, like, the feel of all of this, I feel like more it would end with, oh, they see the um, ship in London on a news report. That's definitely than, safer. Yeah, I feel like that's more their speed. But then where, this. but that doesn't tell you what he was doing, you know, during that. I don't know. Because then why did he get involved? I mean, I guess he's just Ant-Man, so how far can ants take you? But <laughs> <laughs> He could have been there. And they, they alluded too. to him being on house arrest. Mm. So, and I feel like that kind of sets up what's happening in this movie, you know, because last time we saw him was he was incarcerated, right, mm. um, during Civil War. So, although it was they Captain, Captain, yeah, Captain America breaks him out, so, um, but obviously he pled, you know, made some kind of plea deal or something like that or <laughs> whatever that he's in house arrest. He's not on the run anymore. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't have super high expectations for this. Yeah. You know, I'm more interested in, you know, if it gives us any kind of hints about what's going on in Avengers 4. Um, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a fun ride. You know, I don't know. How do you feel about this? I, it's, it's a placeholder till I get to see Miss Marvel. Because that's the... I'm Captain Marvel, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's the movie I'm more interested in. This yeah, year. that's March. Right? That's a long time away. God damn it, Marvel. Because <laughs> <laughs> we usually get a movie in November, right? I feel like we usually get a fall movie from Marvel. Like, I feel like the Thors were usually in the fall, and then Strange was in the fall. So they're making us wait a little too long this time, the jerks. I guess it's hard storytelling-wise, though, after Infinity (laughs) War, where do you go? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'll be there probably opening weekend, um, if not next, the weekend after. I'll definitely see it soon. I'm seeing it this... think friday so yeah so um but yeah you know i'm sure we'll have a review for everyone Mm. yeah i'm sure it's gonna be entertaining you know there's rarely a marvel movie that doesn't entertain me on some level so as long as it's not like dark world i'm okay (laughs) game ticket fifty dollars hot dog eight dollars Team store item, $25. I told her I can beat him with one hand tied behind my back, with some glasses on with one eyelids out, with some flip-flops on in the rain. Having to listen to someone's dumb sports opinions? Worthless. Some people shouldn't talk sports. For everyone else, there's the Unspoken Podcast, available on most podcasting platforms, and on the web at theunspokensportspodcast.weebly.com. All right, so time for wrestling. <laughs> Ding, ding. Um, before we start, and I, I don't, maybe this is lost on the audience, 
Because <laughs> a lot of these times it's us just kind of covering the WWE, groaning through the whole thing, you know, um, just being really down on the product. I'm a huge WWE fan. <laughs> you know, I'm a mark for this shit. Mm-hmm. I want to love all of this. You know, I want it to be a great show. Um, but, you know, I can't lie to people. <laughs> um, that being said, this had to be one of the worst Raws <laughs> I've watched in years. And that is saying a lot. This Raw was horrible. Um, I, did you actually watch the show? No. Okay. I've learned. This was them just shoving Roman down our throats. He opened up Raw again. He was in multiple segments. He wrestled two fucking matches. I mean, I don't understand why they're not catching on. Like, I mean, they this is going to do nothing but make him more of a heel. You know, I mean, it's basically with everything that they're talking about with the uh, Lesnar not doing SummerSlam, you know, it kind of leaked. And we assumed, if you listen to the last episode, that was all bullshit, mm-hmm. um, the whole contract thing. But they leaked that, yeah, this, the plans still on the table are Lesnar and Roman at SummerSlam. So they're trying to basically gather, like, sympathy for Roman by having him come out every week and fucking whining like a little bitch. And that's what it feels like, you know? And, like, his arguments don't make any sense, you know? He lost that first WrestleMania match, you know, know, this year. So, you know, yeah, I know he was kind of robbed or screwed over at the Greatest Royal Rumble, but he still so lost, lost that yeah. match. He shouldn't even have the greatest Royal Rumble match. So, I mean, for him to keep on coming out and interrupting and bitching and complaining does nothing for his character. But, Damon, there's a conspiracy theory. Oh, my God. Him. So, I mean, I, I part of me just hopes that they understand that and they know what they're doing is, you know, going to lead to a heel turn. But most of me knows that that's not mm-hmm. true. It's just, just the old man still just clinging mm. on to this idea I feel of like, Roman being the number one guy. I feel like probably 95% of that office knows that this is oh, yeah. working. No, and they're all whispering behind his back. They all, they're all going to Triple H and complaining, you know. There's no way that they could really just make sense of this. This just doesn't logically make sense, storytelling-wise. No, nothing Nothing has ever gone on this long. Yes. I mean, failed. he's had, like, what, four WrestleManias at yes. this point? Um, you know, and it seems like he's well on his way to a fifth one. Um, and, yeah, this is definitely Raw is the Roman show at this point. Um, they tried hard to kind of give us a break last month, it felt like, but this month it's been pure Roman, you know, leading up to Extreme Rules. So um, they basically, you know, opened it up with a segment between him and Lashley. Uh, tension, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, we want to fight each other. <laughs> then they kind of agreed to another tag match with uh, the Revival. Yes. So uh, From to... what it seemed on the outside, it seemed like the Revival were more asking for the match as well. Yeah, they came out. They came out, yeah, during like the whole... Uh, whatever skirmish between the night and skirmish, they didn't get physical, but the whole little like tiss, if you will, between him and Lashley. Lashley was a little better on the mic this time. I will give him that. Um, it seemed like they gave him more of an edge to the character. We was kind of talking trash to Roman. You got like hints of you know Lashley's TNA character. Um, 
So I'm sure Lashley's going to turn full heel at some point. You know, you're going to have Roman in the babyface role um, when they do eventually, you know, wrestle each other. Well, they're wrestling extreme roles. They Mm -hmm. did actually tell us that. So I'm sure that during this match, you're going to get more of a heel like Lashley, which is fine for Lashley. But the fact that we have to stomach, you know, this like Superman version of Roman Reigns who can do no wrong and, you know, has to be part of every story. They're booking him like Cena. But he doesn't have the skill set of Cena, um, not in the ring so much, just character wise. He just doesn't. Not, have hasn't it. been built to that level. No, he, he has. He didn't it. have a fan, and it's not due to their lack of trying. God knows. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been. It's been. If you're hearing fireworks right now, yes. it's July. We're 3rd. not getting shit yes. <laughs> it's not. It's not the uh, WWE higher ups <laughs> coming for us. So, but yeah, I, it really. I don't know. It's brutal, man. It really is brutal to watch this. Um, well, but yeah. Not. <laughs> so they <laughs> they set up an Iron Man match between Seth and Dolph. Um, they had a tag match, actually. Um, uh, Drew and Dolph basically uh, jump. Ro- they come out during Roman segment. God, it's all blur now. Somehow, basically, they set up a tag match between Drew and Dolph versus Roman and Seth. So he's pulling double duty. The match itself was fine. It was actually a decent match. Um, but it ended up with the Revival coming out and beating the shit out of them. Um, which was kind of cool that those two kind of worked together, those two teams, the Revival and Dolph and uh, McIntyre. Um, I love factions, so like right away I was like, ooh, can we you know, possibly see seeds of a faction? <laughs> that would be I, a bad one. That would be a cool group, right? They won't do it, though. McMahon hates factions for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of, it was kind of cool to see. It was a decent match though. And uh, like I said, I don't take anything away from Roman as a worker himself. I, I hate the way his matches are booked, but you know, this match was okay. Um, the rest of the show though. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we found out though that Dolph was having an Iron Man match before yes. Devon with, um, Seth. It's only a 30 minute match. Uh, match though, so yeah, which I didn't like that it was only no, because I that just feels like bullshit to me. That's not a real Iron Man match. But I'm yes. hoping it runs over. I'm hoping that we get the uh, overtime. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You know, thirty minutes for WWE match is long. You know, New yes. Japan that's just like a match. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I just hate like thirty minutes and like to have multiple like pinfalls. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just like one pinfall. And it's just a thirty minute match. And they'll they'll put on an awesome match. You know, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to the match itself. Um, does it belong with Extreme Rules? No, that makes no sense. Don't have this pay per view anymore. By the way, <laughs> stop. Extreme Rules does not work in a PG era. It no. just doesn't. I mean, let it go. No one's tuning in to this pay per view for the Extreme Rules matches. And usually, like when this time of year comes around, there's like blood feuds going on. There's something worth like maybe a little bit. Of edge that you might have a reason to use. There's nothing. Nothing. None of these matches work. Um, Maybe Naya and Alexa, you can see like a blood feud between those two, but you're not going to get that. I've gotten that match with Alexa before. (laughs) She, they can't go extreme. What was that? That was her versus Bailey. Remember? Oh, had to like that was an Alexa's fault though. That was the way they booked Bailey, where she wouldn't use the kendo stick. You remember? Mm -hmm. So, oh god, that was horrible. 
Speaking of horrible, let's talk about <laughs> Bailey and Sasha. So they're in uh, therapy together, of course. Bailey's not a heel, you know, even though she had that great moment last week yes. and got everyone excited. We saw shades of what Bailey would be like as a heel. Um, but yes, they are in a therapist's office, and lo and behold, who, you know, comes out of the office store, but Dr. Shelby. Um, so uh, this was awful. This was horrible once again. Um, they took a great concept that was used well, I mean, maybe used too much with Team Helena, and they tried to milk it here, but it didn't work because neither of these characters, Sasha or Bailey, are humorous characters. Mm-hmm. So you had that great chemistry between Dr. Shelby and Kane and Daniel Bryan that worked well, and they fed off each other. You don't have that here. Dr. Shelby's not enough to carry these segments. And and if you funny. go back to thinking like, you have the demon Kane and mm-hmm. and like almost um, just angry Daniel yes. Bryan. Yes. Mixed with this um, comedian pretty much yes. as a therapist. That's just this odd tag. The whole, I'm the WWE champion. Yeah, tag team exactly. champions. Yeah, that whole thing. That, that does awesome. not work with these two that have been in a very serious feud as well. Yes. For the last six, six months, months. Right. <laughs> I mean, we can't even call it a feud, though. It's like a soap opera, because they've just been going back. They haven't, they barely even wrestled. They just keep on stabbing each other in the back. Kind of. So, I mean, and all this tells me is that we're not going to get a match anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I feel like is going to end up happening. Like, we're, we're waiting to SummerSlam. So they didn't announce any kind of match for Extreme Rules or anything, which that would make sense if you want to do an Extreme Rules match for these two. Um, so I'm guessing you're going to get a match at SummerSlam, you know, or you're going to get some kind of fucking tag team, you know, where they're it trying to emulate, like, like fucking, like, Team Hell No, where they're trying to do that whole gimmick. So, um... At, at this point, it better be a we, we were saying that about WrestleMania! <laughs> <laughs> we were, because it made sense, and they've been planting... Uh, I mean, we're only talking about the last six months, but they have been planting... Those seeds. Yes. For years. Yeah, was it Rumble? Rumble where they really started to plant them, right? Or um, the Elimination Chamber, too. Yes. So there's been multiple times where they've kind of gone back and forth with, you know, Sasha kind of stabbing Bailey. For years, yeah, Sasha has been yes. with Bailey. Yes. Even so, like after That's what I was saying when people were saying that, oh, Bailey, you know, Bailey turned heel. It's like, no, she's getting retribution for all the other times Sasha fucking, you know, mm. stabbed her in the back. She's just becoming unhinged. She's fed up. So, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, you know, just more bad wrestling writing. So, um, but yeah, the booking's just been horrible. We found out that Rhonda it, it can go to pay-per-views. She's not um, suspended. So she's going pay-per-views. to show up during yes. the Oh, she told us that she's buying a, buying a ticket. So she's going to be there. So, you know, I don't know if they were scared about, you know, People tuning into this or whatever, but they. But is it just going to be like? It would have been better if she just like showed up in the crowd, you know, and during that match, mm-hmm. you know, like keep it as a surprise. Like they, they just forgot how to surprise people lately. I don't, I don't get it. But whatever. So she's going to be in the audience. We know she's going to interfere somehow. Yeah, but is it going to be like John Cena where they're showing her throughout the entire? Oh, I, it better not be. I don't think it'll be that you know excessive because that was awful. You know, because was it Oscar and Charlotte? That's right, and they show like Cena get up like before the like they're even done in the middle of the yeah, ring. Charlotte, the well, Charlotte's walking up the ramp. And, okay, and then Cena goes flying past, but Asuka's getting like a little standing O in the ring, and they totally like cut that off mm-hmm. so Cena can have his little moment. 
you know, for that fucking shit show of a match he had with Undertaker. Was it like four minutes? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like wrestling. I promise. <laughs> I love the WWE. That's why I'm so passionate. Exactly. Uh, That's why you, you hate on it more. Yes. It's because you love it. Yes, exactly. I'm just very disappointed with the product we're getting lately. <laughs> All right. And then Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. So, basically, they have a match... Kevin's been, like, avoiding him all day. Tons of, you know, flashbacks to last week's episode. Um, You know, there's a whole thing where Kevin doesn't want to give his keys to the valet. Um, So, anyway, they finally get into the ring together. The match starts and Kevin just runs. (laughs) He runs from from Braun. Um... He's a heel. I'm fine with that. People are like so upset that he didn't even stay for the match. I'm fine with him acting like a cowardly heel. What I don't like about this, you know, Braun chases him, you know, basically gets him, and then throws... Oh, Kevin's hiding in a porta potty Braun, you know, grabs the porta potty drags it into the arena, and then pushes it off the stage. And then you get Kevin on the ground covered in blue, you know, porta potty crap. Um, you know, and that's how the show ends. Braun has been basically the heel through this whole, uh-huh. like, little program that they're working. It makes no sense. Like, I don't, like, in Kevin, all Kevin has done, like, you know, I mean, yeah, there was the whole money in the bank where he was trying to get everyone to team up against Braun, but that, that made sense. That would make sense for anyone that's happened in those matches before, you know, with, with faces doing that. Um, so, he basically tried to extend an olive branch to Braun and said, hey, let's work together. We'll use each other and everything. And Braun's just basically been bullying him for the last, like, month. Um, so they're really kind of painting Braun in a bad light. And I don't know if it's just me overanalyzing it, <laughs> but I don't see how he's any kind of, like, baby face in this situation whatsoever. Um, I don't know. It's just not working for me at all. I feel like they need to add a different layer to the story for it to make sense. Um, I don't think it's helping Braun's character. Um, I felt like the crowd was turning on the whole, you know, they knew what was happening right as it happens. You know, they all started chanting porta potty at one point. Um, but the whole, like, we've seen him flip a truck. So him tossing a porta potty over the stage didn't get a huge reaction. You know, and he can't constantly do these gimmicks every week. Mm-hmm. They need to kind of, like, pump the brakes on that a little, keep it as a special thing once in a while. Um, it, there's too many like stunts like this happening. I feel like for the character. Yeah, it's it's gonna hurt him. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Because I mean, right now it, he is the top baby face on Raw. So um, you know whether they like it or not, but I feel like they're almost booking him backwards, or like they're trying to downgrade him just because he's not Roman. You know, and that's just a conspiracy theory on my part. You know, me being an angry <laughs> wrestling fan. But it's like, why would you book him like this? You know, at least have Kevin, you know, deserve these things against him. Because I feel like Kevin doesn't deserve any of this that's going on. Um, So, I don't know. I don't know. So, I'm sure this is going to lead to some stupid Extreme Rules match between the two. Um, You know, I don't see this being a long-term program. I don't know if this is... I, I don't see this leading to, like, any kind of SummerSlam match or anything. Um, I feel like this is just short-term booking. Really. Yes, I mean, 
Um, or just you know, waiting with, it's just going to be Braun on top. Him. That's what, you know, unless they just turn around and give Kevin some heat. You know, but I don't know what he could do to get heat right now because everything that he would do to Braun, Braun deserves at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he flipped over his fucking car and threw him in a porta potty off the stage. I mean, come on. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, on the SmackDown? On the SmackDown. And we just watched it. Yeah. So. Uh, this was very much a holiday edition of SmackDown. You know, this was very much booked like their Thanksgiving episodes, you know, back in the day when they were on Thursdays. So, um, you know, we had a pancake eating contest yes. that was luckily, thankfully, interrupted. I'm disappointed. But <laughs> you want to know who could eat the most pancakes? Yes, probably Biggie. So, but. yes, probably, I would assume. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so you had these guys... Uh, it was against all of New Day, um, eating pancakes, and then Sanity came out and saved everyone. So, and they uh, demolished um, New Day. So, we're going to see probably some kind of match at Extreme Rules against the two. You, do you think so? Because I don't know. That's they two want, tag they matches tend already on there. to want New Day on their pay per views because they're a draw. So, if it was against someone else, I would say no. But I feel like this is going to set maybe at least on the you pre show. Pre show. Yeah. Nowadays, though, is there really a difference between the pre-show and the actual pay-per-view? You know, booking well, or storyline. One gets watched, one so, doesn't. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, yeah, that's right. I stay away. But I mean, really, I mean, it's not like back in the day where it was like used as the teaser to get you to buy the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So they used to do that on like Sunday Night Heat was the pre-show. And then you would hopefully, you know, buy the pay-per-view. Now it's like. I'm already bought it. I own the network, so mm-hmm. what's the point of the pre-show? So um, you can watch you can't, all of the trailers you for can't all the matches. Sell me on anything. I already bought it. Why are you trying to sell me this product? <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, but yeah. God, that was probably the most enjoyable part of the fucking program, right? What else <laughs> happened? Well, we had a match between Jeff Hardy and the Miz. It was an open uh title match for the yeah. it was okay it just felt like they were treading water because Nakamura can't wrestle mm-hmm. right now he's still injured WWE has definitely been hit by the injury bug yes um, Bray Wyatt was in a car accident um, you know hopefully he's recovering uh, but it was it sounds like it was pretty bad he was not on Raw mm-hmm. uh, Matt Hardy um, wrestled on his own against um, the uh, B team you know I forgot who he wrote Curtis Hawkins I believe not Curtis Hawkins um, um, Jesus Christ Edit. No. no, edit. What's Mr. Perfect Son? Axel. Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. I mean, let's just try to remember what the last name was. Yes. Was about <laughs> it was to call Curtis. Edding. I'm like, well, uh, that's all right. Well, they should have. But anyway. <laughs> all right, here, I'll jump right in. Uh, he wrestled against Curtis Axel. So, and I believe he lost again, So, which is weird. That's two, two weeks in a row where he's lost. So, I don't know how that's helping anyone, but... Whatever. I'm sure that means B-Team's probably going to lose at the oh, pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so then we also... Yeah, Wyatt's hurt. We know Sami Zayn's hurt, and he's out for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, Nakamura's hurt, and Ruby, Ruby Riot. Yeah. Um, she has an MCL tear, I believe. So she'll be out for a while with that, which really sucks. Because I felt like they're... This was like the perfect time for her to really get a push, I felt like. You know, they kind of have them doing more stuff. The Riot Squad backstage kind of living up to their names, you know, even as cheesy and corny as it's been, you know, they're just kind of walking around fucking with people backstage. Um, but now, that's, I don't know if they're going to keep the two together, I assume, um, in the meantime. That's, um, 
Liv and is it Sonya? Sonya. Yeah, Deville. Yeah. So I mean, they did have a match um, against uh, Ember Moon. Uh, Liv did so, um, which was a decent match. She sold the hell out of her finisher. You have to watch that back. <laughs> she sold the hell out of it. I mean, it was an okay match, but the way she took her finisher was gold. So um, she acted like she got like shot by a cannon. It was insane. But uh, yeah. So, but anyway, back to SmackDown. Uh, we opened up the show with Team Hell No, trying to rehash, you know, all that chemistry between the two. I mean, the one humorous moment was um, Kane. You know, mentioned that Daniel Bryan's always had a demon watching his back, you know, even if, if he didn't know it. And Daniel Bryan right away was like, eh, I don't know about that. And then he brought up everything that's happened between the two since Team Hell Now, which I thought was kind of nice and refreshing because usually they kind of like sweep that shit underneath mm. the rug and just like, no, 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 yeah, they, this is the first time they're wrestling or, you know, whatever with, you know, WWE booking, but... Yeah. They went through everything that he's done. You know, the multiple tombstones when he was trying to end his career. Um, he said, he goes, you, yeah, you abducted my wife, Kane. So, I mean, there was that was a nice moment. But yeah, this kind of feels like a greatest hits between the two. So I don't know if that, that magic is still there. I mean, they're both very different. Well, Kane isn't, but Daniel Bryan's a very different character than he was when, you know, Team Hell No was going on. So I... I don't see this being a long-term thing between the two. Yeah, but hopefully you don't see this going, oh, they get to Extreme Rules and then they face each other at SummerSlam. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I mean, they don't have, they don't have anything for Miz. Um, there was a really nice quote. I don't know if you saw it. I, I shared it on our Instagram where Daniel Bryan was in an interview. Yes. And <laughs> it basically shits all over the booking. Um, you know, where people are like, oh, you know, it'd be really nice to see, you know, this go, this whole storyline go all the way to WrestleMania. And he was like, do you really trust the writers, you know, <laughs> to, you know, keep this going to WrestleMania? What makes you think that they could do that, you know, right now? What, what evidence do you have that, that you know, that's possible? That just makes me feel like he's going to leave. He's always been that guy, though, where he's very honest. Yeah. Um, especially if he's disgruntled at all. But I don't know if he signed his contract yet. I know there was kind of rumors floating around just like last month that he hadn't signed yet. And I know his contract's up in September. So that might be a sign that he hasn't. That might be him just working everyone, too. Um, trying to stir the pot a little. I don't know. Or they might be negotiating. So um, I wouldn't be surprised, though. You know, if he had his mindset before, you know, he got mm. clear that, oh, yeah, in September I'm leaving. I'm wrestling. And he started putting together all these dream matches in his head and had contacts out there. Because even though he technically wasn't supposed to be talking to anyone, you know he was talking yeah. to people through back channels. Um, he might have his heart set now on leaving. Um, which, I mean, good for him. You know, I mean, this is the perfect time right now. Yes. I mean, people, you can make money on the independence. This is probably the best time in, like, the Indies, like, history. You and know, even though so the market options. is still WWE's like yes. leagues ahead and everything else is, if a you have lower. a name on the indie scene, you can still mm. make a great living. I mean, look at Cody Rhodes, look at the Young Bucks, and Daniel Bryan is coming. I mean, Cody Rhodes was booked right away in multiple matches, and he was getting top dollar. I can't imagine what Daniel Bryan mm. would get, you know, and what like New Japan would pay for him. I mean, that's that would be awesome. I just need him to walk into All In. 
right on the day. Oh my god! And he was someone was talking before he was cleared. Someone was talking to him about that. He's like, I don't know because my contract actually ends on that day. Mm. So that's something for the lawyers to look at. But that would be, oh god, people would go fucking nuts. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, we did find out All In is getting streamed. So yes. we don't know how or where, but they're definitely going to be streaming. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so a very lackluster SmackDown. I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to talk about or cover. I'm trying to think if there was anything that was really memorable. No, you had the whole, the Usos came out and they were kind of acting like heels again, which was weird. Because last time we saw them, they were faces. They kind of get themselves into a match with Team Hell No yeah. for the right to be involved in that tag team title match at Extreme Rules. And they lost the match, you know, in the main event. So it was an okay match, nothing great. Mm. You know, kind of your typical TV tag match. Um, but then the Bludgeon Brothers came out at the end and they had a little stare down with Team Hell No. So, very much a holiday edition of SmackDown. So, they even feel, had food involved. How did you feel about the um, James Ellsworth uh, segment with Oscar? Painful. <laughs> I mean, I'm just done. I'm done. It's not helping Carmella at all. No. You know, I feel like she needs to, more seasoning and she should be like more involved in those segments and everything like that. Um, or just in the ring more right now. Because I think her greenness shows when she goes up against, you know, Asuka and Charlotte. It's not something where they're, like, bringing her up to mm-hmm. their level. Um, it's just showing you, really, like, how green she is. I mean, the last match was a significant improvement compared Over to... the Charlotte match, but what's Charlotte. that saying? I just, I feel like she's, like, a holdover from, like, the diva era of wrestling. You know, um, you know, I, I, and not to say that Alexa's like that, but I feel like Alexa could also exist in that. I feel like she's a better wrestler than what Carmella is. And but I feel like she definitely feels like that, you know, level too, where, you know, you could totally like make sense of her like feuding with Trish Stratus back in the day. Mm. I really wish they would like push more, like, you know, give me more matches with Bailey and Sasha. If you're serious about this like women's revolution, you know, give me, you know, these matches with these skilled performers in there. Give them time. You know, that's the women's revolution to me, not this shit that we're getting right now. You know, she's, I mean, her heel work has been fine, but it's not on the level of Bliss's, you know, where it makes sense for her to be holding the belt. Um, Bliss gets like legitimate heat, mm-hmm. you know, so I can look past her not being the greatest in the ring because I feel like she can, you know, hold her own if she needs to. Where Carmella, I, She's just so green still in that ring that I just, I don't find her believable at all as a champion, especially the way they're booking her, where she's holding her own against these, like, mm. forces, like Charlotte and Asuka, you know? Like, nonsense. she's, yes, absolutely. I mean, how many counters did she have against Asuka? You know, it, it really made no sense. And it almost felt like she didn't need to cheat to win last, mm. you know, match between the two. So... I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why they're booking her like that. So, um, but yeah, I feel like she's getting almost like the wrong kind of heat right now from the fans. You know, that Roman Reigns heat. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that's pretty much the state of WWE right now. <sighs> any, any final thoughts, Christian? Um, I'm just, I'm not excited for Extreme Rules. I think Extreme Rules is, is coming way too fast. 
compared to where we are with storyline wise. <laughs> yeah, but you remember our complaint last time was, was, it was, it was way taken. too long. Yes, I just feel like it's just so poorly booked. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels like a very weak card right now. There's, I, God, I really feel like that Lashley and Roman Reigns are going to end up being the main events. And it's going to be such a fucking mistake. You know, I don't feel like there's enough buildup between um, Rusev and AJ Styles for them to main event it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where else they would go. But I mean, I, at least people won't be leaving the arena if you have someone else going. And spe- like, God, I mean, because that was Samoa Joe in Reigns, right? Mm-hmm. That they were leaving that arena. They are definitely going to walk out if it's Lashley and Reigns. Reigns. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I, I'm predicting a dog of a pay-per-view. Yeah, and they've surprised me in the past, but I'm definitely not really pumped for it. So, But we'll preview that next week, and maybe they'll do something to turn you know <laughs> my opinion around. Um, but Doubt highly, it. Highly unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about a good show. Hopefully. Possibly. Yes, yes. Um, let's not let's not jinx it. <laughs> but they, they've done nothing to like make me doubt them at this point. New Japan has their G one special this weekend. The American G one special. The American G one special. Um it's taking place uh, in California, right? At the yes, San Francisco. Yes. So um let's get into the card. So and this is gonna be televised actually i believe on uh access tv they're gonna be yes. i think they're live broadcasting mm-hmm. so if you have direct tv you can actually watch this live um otherwise if you have new japan world you can also watch this um so but yeah but let's get into the card uh yes our first match here we have pretty much chaos versus bullet club but it's uh show yo rocky romero uh ghetto uh yoshihashi going up against King Haku, Tamatanga, <laughs> Tangaloa, um, Takahashi, and Chase Owens. The crown jewel, Chase yes. Owens. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how he got that, like, <laughs> moniker. I forgot that that's his moniker. Yeah, he's got a fucking shirt. The we crown get... jewel <laughs> of the bullet crop. I, I didn't even know who the guy was. <laughs> Just like, what, like six months ago? I was like, who yes. the hell is Chase Owens? Um, but, all right. So, this is a good opener, I think. If this is the opening match, we yeah. don't know the order of the card, but... It's most likely in this order. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> uh, Haku's just out there as, like, a, you know, pseudo, like, manager, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of uh, counteract uh, Rocky Romero. But, yeah, I mean, this will be a fun match, you know. I love uh, Tonga, you know. I Chase Owens is a good worker. He's yeah. solid. <laughs> I feel like he's just, like, the fall guy for them. You know, he's the guy there who can work, who can take the pins. <laughs> That's what I feel like Chase Owens is. We'll get to see more work by Takahashi. Yes. Yes, we will. Um, and we will get to see Yo and Sho uh, go go at it with him. So I feel Have like we've seen the... them in a was they they weren't part of Super Junior, I don't think. I think they were. I oh, think okay. they were actually. But I have not seen them wrestle against uh, Takahashi, so I think that'll be cool. Mm. Uh, you know, because I didn't watch all of that. I mean, he's definitely the most exciting one, I would say, from this team. I mean, I do love uh, Tamatanga. Yes, I know. do. I, love I do. That's all about the I attitude, know. right? The yes. swagger. So, um, you know, I don't know. It'll be an entertaining match. It's a good opener. Mm. Uh, so, what who, are we at? Who, who, oh, who are we making predictions? Predict? Yeah. 
I'm gonna say Bullet Club. All right. I I definitely I just because I feel like they've got home field, mm. so I'm gonna give it to Bullet Club. I think I think King Haku's gonna surprise you, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be a badass. Have you heard the stories about Haku? Um, I know that legendary, he's legendary, <laughs> like him fighting like ten people at once, you know, and beating the shit out of all of them. So do yourself a favor and like. Find some podcast where they talk about Haku because there's some awesome stories, like wrestlers talking about how he like saved their lives, you know, shit like that from like an angry mob of people. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stories like that out there. But yeah, anyway, um, uh, yeah, so Bullet Club, and you're saying Bullet Club also? Yes. Okay. So what do we got next? Uh, next we have Yanu and Ishi going up against. Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> and Suzuki. We uh, saw this match already. Yeah, we've seen it already, and I'm kind of disappointed that it isn't just Suzuki versus Ishii. Yeah, I was really hoping for that. I, I'm assuming they're going to save it for another um, New Japan event that's probably not in America. But Yeah, I hope this isn't like a glorified house show. Because I felt like the last G1 special in America was kind of like their glorified. Like, it was a good show. Yes, right. You know, it was better than like a WWE house show. Don't get me wrong. It's but a it, New Japan. It was like their showcase like show. Um, so. That's definitely the vibe I'm getting from this. Besides the title match, I, yeah. I feel like this is mostly just. Well, uh, we'll get there because there's a, there's, a, there's a few decent matches on mm. here like that I'm excited about. But yeah, a lot of them kind of feel like. Things that we've kind of seen before. Uh, I, I, I'll i just say Suzuki. Suzuki gun for the win. What I'm going to go Yano and Ishii because Suzuki gun won last time. Mm, that's true. I forgot about that, right? Double submission, yeah. correct? Okay. I'm changing. I'm changing my pick. I'm oh. <laughs> I can. You have the educated pick. So. <laughs> your your pick was much more educated than mine, so I agree. All right. Um, next we have Kushida and Tanahashi versus uh, Marty Scroll and Hangman Page. I'm. I'm gonna. Well, this will be an awesome match. First of all. <laughs> first off. Um, God, yeah, this is going to be a fun match. I don't know where we're at storyline-wise here between these guys. So, but I mean, they all can work. Yes. So I really feel like uh, Kushido and... New Japan uh, loves tag matches. They do a lot of tag matches. Like I, it's... I feel like Tanahashi and Kushido are going over here, though. Yeah, I could see like uh, Kushida definitely going over um, Paige. The, I like the fact that they keep on putting Paige in these matches, though, because mm. it feels like they're high on him right now. So, um, you know, and he deserves it. Yeah, he's, know, he's, he's a great talent. He really is. You I know, mean, I, Joey I, Ryan didn't deserve it, but. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't deserve it, but yeah, I agree. He's a damn good wrestler, so, and he's really, you know, showed me something, not that he has to show me anything, but, you know, he's been a revelation for me, you know, this past year. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it really feels like he's up to his, like, level of work. Um, and, and look who he's in the ring with. Mm. So, but yeah, I, I feel like this is definitely going to be Tanahashi. And I, do, I, I find it interesting to see Tanahashi kind of, like, playing this lower card role lately. But I think before you, like you said, he's like their Cena, so yes. he can do that where he can be anywhere, 
in the card and be plugged in, you know, because he went against Okada mm-hmm. just recently, too. So he could be plugged into the main event whenever they want. But just like in the sense. last few years, it felt like when they do have him in a match, it's definitely like a main guard. event. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like what happens with your, you know, when with your superstars. Eventually, you have to pass the ball. You know, I mean, look at, like I said, Cena, like the past three or four years, the way he's been booked, it kind of feels like this. Where, you know, you could plug them in. They're great utility players. They're going to get the crowd on their feet. You're going to be excited. And you can dust them off and put them in the main event whenever you want. You know, not that you have to dust him off, per se. I mean, he's still awesome worker. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, it's not a situation where he's being, like, shoved down your throat. You know, which it did feel like at times with Cena um, over and over again. So, but yeah. I mean, this is going to be an awesome match. Well, Definitely. So, what do we get next here? Did you pick? Um, I'm going to put down Marty Scroll and Hangman Page. Okay. All right, just to take the opposite side just, of it. Just to take the opposite <laughs> side. You know, I got to win something here. Uh-huh, okay. After after the beating I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so the Never Open Weight Championship. Yes. We have Gato. Goto versus Cobb. All right. I don't know who Cobb is. I, I don't know him either. Let me look at this picture. Um, no. Never seen him in my life. All right. Um, like, don't jump all over us. We are definitely <laughs> novices with New Japan. Yes. So we're fans, but we Jeff are newer Cobb. fans. So the name sounds familiar to me, but I can't picture him at all. So I'm going to go. Are you going to show me? No clue. Nope. <laughs> Never. No. I mean, it's a very small black and white photo. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Goto just because. Yeah, um, definitely because. Because I know him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Cobb yet, so, I mean, we might, we might be surprised. Yeah, pleasantly surprised. at the same surprised. time, you know, he's part of Team Chaos, and he continues to just dominate over this title over mm-hmm. and over again. Like, it's been years. It's been, like, multiple years where I keep seeing him win the Never Open Way title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first match I ever saw him in was him winning, winning the, the title. title. So, so this is his deal. Yes. His shtick, if you will. So, um, yeah. That was him versus Suzuki, by the way. That was oh, a crazy God. match. Was it hard-hitting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see any... I mean... I don't know. I'll have to read up on Cobb. You know, I'm sure it's going to be an awesome match. So, Goto's, you know, the man yeah, he, when it comes to those matches. He puts the work. So. Yes, yes, yes. He's a little stiffsky, if you will. <laughs> so, um, what do we got next? Uh, next is Okada and Osprey teaming up to go against Naito and Bushi. How do you feel about this match? This is exciting. I'm excited for this match. You're excited for this match? Yeah, I'm. Anytime I get to see Naito in the ring, I am excited. Yeah, especially going against Okada, though. Yes, that's awesome. I didn't. This was kind of hidden in the card. I didn't even know this there. <laughs> it's like right above this. The way this is written, but yeah. Um, yeah. I this this should be a fun match. I wonder if this is like planting seeds for anything. Well, I wonder if Osprey starts to like play around with the idea of going up against Okada and going up towards the IW. Does Jericho show up? You know what would be interesting? Not even seeing Jericho go up against Naito, but to see him attack Okada. That would be interesting. 
I don't know, though. I don't think they'll ever, because I feel like he's got unfinished business with Naito, right? Although they kind of, the way that match ended, mm-hmm. it seems like we're not being attacked. Those are fireworks right now. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. But um, with the way that match ended, it felt like Evil and him were going to end up working the program. Yes. Now, if I, uh, you know what? If I remember correctly in some interviews, Jericho said that he wouldn't wrestle on American soil. Um, just out of respect yes. to McMahon. So maybe that's why. Because it feels like this would be the perfect card for him. Mm. But seeing that he said that, and maybe he feels like that would be disrespect to the old man, um, maybe that's why he won't be part of this match. You know, Unless he gets the okay. If he gets Vince's blessings, then obviously he would show up. It could be a video package. You know? Um, yes, <laughs> it could just be a promo or something like that. But yeah, um... That being said, this I mean, this is going to be a goddamn good match. That's for sure. I haven't seen Osprey work with Okada very much. I know that they've had matches, of course, but I, I haven't seen them as a team myself. So I'm interested. Have you seen Osprey versus Naito? Um, not personally. I feel like they'll have like a, a good dynamic mm-hmm. between the two. I think that should be definitely intense. And I think because um, Osprey is so intense, and then Naito's so mm-hmm. laid back. That should be fun. It'll be a nice like give and take between. Hopefully, the two. there isn't as much screaming. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's his thing. That's his thing. You know, um, Stormbreakers is finisher, correct? Yes, yes. I think Bushi would sell the hell out of that. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> so that being said, are you taking chaos? I feel like, as a New Japan broker, it would be chaos all the way. Yeah. I'm going K. As a fan, I'm going LNJ. Just I, yes, I know. <laughs> I know where your heart's at. I'm going to say chaos. All right. Uh, next on the card, the junior heavyweights. Takahashi will be going up against Dragon Lee. Um, Hiromu Takahashi. <laughs> okay. Because we have multiple Takahashis. In the yes, game. right? Maybe it's like the Japanese Smith or something. I don't know. There's, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, Takahashi's like on top of the world right now. I don't know much about Dragon Lee at all. No, I don't know much about Dragon Lee either. Uh, but I'm Christian's literally looking up Dragon Lee right now. <laughs> I'm literally looking at the images of him. Yes. Um, you know me. I'm I feel like he's got a mask, right? Does he have a mask? Yes. Okay. He's a loose joy. This feels like... Is he is he part of Chaos? No. Okay. He's not... I can't even click on him to get more information. Okay. Like, that's... Fair enough. I don't know if he's just <laughs> local talent. It's the mystery or... man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know Dragon Lee. Do you feel like Dragon Lee was placed in here instead of Ray? Mm-hmm. That is a good point, because we were talking about that off mic. I'm surprised Ray's not part of this. I know there's been lots of rumors swirling. That him and WWE do have like some kind of agreement going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's part of the video game. Usually, that's a good sign um, that it's, he's going to have yeah. something. Pre-order bonus, uh, my ass though. Yeah, it's not a good. Like, <laughs> I, a game. I know that's not a good pre-order bonus, but anyway, so uh, it, it would it would have made sense if he was a true free agent that he would be part of this card, mm-hmm. especially you know after what we saw with him. Third last special. Yeah. So, yeah, I could definitely see him 
you know, supposed to be in that role, you know, challenging uh, Takahashi. So, but yeah, I guess it, it goes to Dragon Lee. Maybe Mysterio really is Dragon Lee. He's going to unmask himself afterwards. And it's going to be like the video game promo where he's got the other mask. Yes. <laughs> That'd be horrible. <laughs> uh, I, I would say Daryl wins. Uh, Daryl walks out with the title. Oh, okay. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I like it. He had a good showing last weekend. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> what a heel turn for Daryl. I know, right? Turn on his best friend. Um, all right, so you, I'm assuming that you have Tanahashi, is that safe? Yeah, Takahashi. Takahashi, sorry. Hiromu. Um, all right, so then what do we got next? Now, this is one of the matches that Santa I'm excited for. The Young Bucks versus Evil and Sonata. Are you not seeing the match? Yeah, I'm not. Oh, it was moved. All right, well, let's edit the space. Sorry. <laughs> The Young Bucks versus Evil and Sonata. Yes. Yeah, I want to see this again. Okay. Um, I definitely enjoyed their last match. I'm going to enjoy this one. Once again, you have you have the Bullet Club going up against the LIJ. And it's, yeah. it's just like, hey, Christian, have a good time. Uh-huh, you right. know? <laughs> it's your wheelhouse. Um, do you see any shot of the Young Bucks dropping those titles back to LIJ? No. You think they hold on to him? Yeah, we're at the moment. For the Golden Elite? Yeah. But that's, that depends on where they decide to go with Cody and Kenny. Yes. Yes. So that that's where, you know... Because... I feel like if they drop those belts, mm. you can... If I was to book it, then you could, call, you could have tension between... You know, the Golden Lovers and the Young Bucks because they'd both be, like, fighting for those belts. Unless Kenny's just purely, you know, focusing on the heavyweight belt. Mm-hmm. But I don't see, you know, what's-his-name being happy with that. You know, since they're supposed to be a tag team again. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know. It should be interesting to see how they book this. Um, it feels too soon for them to lose the belt. But mm-hmm. I feel like titles get kind of dropped it like they change hands a lot in New Japan. So um you know not saying that they don't change hands a lot in the WWE, but I, I feel like I've seen a lot of title changes, especially with the tag belts. Um you can you can kind of see the WWE road for titles usually. Mm-hmm. Whereas in New Japan, this could just easily just be ripped off of them. Yes. For no pairs. Yes, yes. Where it's like a big deal for us that the Young Bucks have those belts, where I don't know if it's a huge deal, you know, for New Japan. You know, I know they're over with their audience, but booking wise, I don't know. Um, it if they do lose lose those belts, though, then I feel like something's definitely big is going to go down in that heavyweight match. You know, where maybe they, you know, you see a betrayal, you know, of you know the Young Bucks, you know, or of Omega by the Young Bucks. So I don't know, but. I do feel like the Young Bucks are going to walk away with the titles. Because, yeah. I mean, we could easily see Evil going into a program with Jericho later on as well. Yeah. As we both talked about. I just don't know how, you know, how many dates he has or, mm. you know, what's in store. Like, does Jericho come back for a match with Evil? You know, I, I know he talked about, like, keeping his appearances special. 
you know, I don't know in his mind whether or not that's special enough of a reason for him to come well, back. Well, hopefully he doesn't Brock Lesnar it. No, I don't think it would be around. that level, but they're going to have to pay him for him to appear. So, and I don't know, maybe they've worked something out where he's, you know, definitely compensated. Um, so, you know, or he just sees it, oh, okay, well, this will further the storyline, you know, for where we're going. Which I'm, I'm assuming is another, you know, match between him and Naito. But I could be wrong. So maybe they want Naito not to have that belt so he can move on to another program. I, we're, like, trying to predict, like, Wrestle Kingdom at this point. Yes, and yes. It's, well, it, it, you know, and it, I think it's harder for us to predict this product than, like, WWE. Mm-hmm. Because we spend a lot more time with WWE where we, you know, we get, like, a monthly dose of New Japan. You know, and, like... What we sit through how many hours of wrestling with WWE yeah, exactly. on a weekly basis? So I'm not really sure what the thought process is right now, um, especially with the whole Jericho situation. But yeah, so I, I feel like Young Bucks are going to retain the title, though. Yes, I, I mean that's my insight. <coughs> say. Yeah. All right. Um, next, we've got Jay White walking in as the U.S. champ against Juice Robinson. Yes, the the title will be one years old this year. Came out. Did Kenny win? Kenny won the title at this right yes. last year. Okay, so it's like their the anniversary show mm. for the title. Um, I'm saying Jay White. I'm completely saying Juice Robinson. Really? Okay. Okay. Just, um, you know they've teased you know Jay White going after the IWGP Heavyweight Championship a million times. Uh, they now that especially it won't be breaking up his Chaos Alliance. I could totally see him challenging, not winning, but challenging for anything like the... Um, is he your favorite for the G1? No. Okay. I, <laughs> I think it's a oh, little God. too I know they're high the on the guy. I just don't... I don't know. I think he'll have a good showing. <coughs> I just don't know if I want... I'm, I'm literally choking on that idea. Um, <laughs> I'm just not high on him. I, you know? Um, if you listen to the show, you know that. <laughs> But yeah, he but just hasn't also, done enough. For the way that they book him, he just hasn't done enough to earn that, in my mind. So, and, but I know they're a fan of his. Um, and I know that they're a fan of Juice. Yes. And they've also been doing this whole Juice hasn't won a title thing for a while. Oh, have they? Has that been like a big storyline yes. for them? Um, I still feel like Finley is going to be involved somehow. I, I still, I'm still predicting my Finley turn. Like, between him and Juice. Yeah, but we've noticed that they've been having a lot of clean, like, oh, that he will win the title, and then here mm. Finley comes out, hey, I'm your next opponent. You know? Yeah, yeah, well, that seems to be, like, this, you know, just the story, like, mm-hmm. the, then the challenger comes out and announces himself, like, like, right after, you know, the title defense. So, um, I don't know, I don't know, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're still high on white. Um, but I mean, Juice Robinson on American soil winning the belt. I mean, that's a pretty mm-hmm. big deal too. And they might want to have that moment to capture eyes. So I could, I could make sense of that. I feel like they need something big to happen here at least somewhere. Well, okay. well let's move on to uh, Kenny and Cody. Yes. All and right. Kenny versus Cody closing out the night. And just to verify, you're calling Juice with the belt. All right, all right, I will still stay with White, but I definitely see your train of uh, logic there. <laughs> that that does make sense. But yeah, all right. So Kenny Omega walking in as champ. It's awesome to say. 
um, versus Cody. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of the way they announced this match. It just kind of seemed like happenstance. I felt like there'd be a bigger build-up to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like they're just kind of throwing American fans a bone here, right? Um, yeah, I know they had them yes, kind but of... They've been having this kind of storyline for a year. I know, but it just feels like there should have been more of a confrontation. It should have been a bigger deal, you know, between the, the Bullet Club that Cody's challenging. I would have liked to see it happen in the ring where Cody challenges Kenny. You know, we gotcha. didn't get that moment. It was just kind of announced. So, um, especially where you had, like, Cody start to walk down the aisle when Kenny initially won the belt, and it seemed like, okay, we're still playing around with that storyline. We don't know where we're going with that. I was expecting to get the next chapter, and then we just got this announcement. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just so used to, like, you know, WWE's booking <laughs> that I'm like, What? Uh, but whatever, and th- that's not a bad thing. Trust me, <laughs> that they're doing something different mm. than what the WWE usually. Well, does. this isn't just for the title, right? It's for the like. This is supposed to be of... leadership of the Bullet uh, Club. Mm-hmm. So, it's a pretty big match. I can't see Kenny losing this at all. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I I know they're high on Cody. You know, I do feel like they're high on him, but I don't know if he's there yet in mm. their minds to hold with, that title. To hold that title, I um, can see him taking over the Bullet Club. But I can't. If see him he wins this match, then the Young Bucks are definitely involved, and they're definitely stabbing Kenny in the back if that happens. And then Kenny is gone for the Bullet Club, which I just can't. I mean, they they have such a brand mm. wrapped around Kenny. You know, and the Young Bucks, like those those guys as a unit, you know, the elite. I just, I don't foresee that happening. You know, and I know like Cody like started his own channel recently. Um, so I kind of feel like Cody can exist without them and, you know, feud with them on his own. Because I feel like if he does end up losing this match, that he's probably done with the Bullet Club. Mm. Um, you know, he would feud with them and maybe take a few members with him like Hangman. Although I don't feel like I know him and Marty uh, faced each other at Ring of Honor mm. recently. So, um, but yeah, I just I feel like this is going to be a great match, though. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see these two go in the ring. I, I definitely hope, hope it's better than their previous... Um, the uh, at the Ring of Honor one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that felt very like... I don't know. I, didn't feel, I almost felt like they didn't have enough time. Mm. Yeah, I know I had a decent amount of time, but I just... I would have liked to see it go longer. Um, but yeah... Yeah, maybe like build up that kind of. It may I don't know what the, if they've been working against each other. I know they had a bunch of like little tag matches here and there, mm-hmm. so kind of build up that chemistry between those two. You know, because I know they both can go. They're both big at the top of their game. I mean, I think Cody's one of the best heels in the business right now. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the match. I just I'm you know this is one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised either way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could definitely see a world where, you know, Cody does, you know, uh, oh God, it's, it would be, you know, it's the whole insane. title thing. Yes, it's the, the whole title thing. It would be huge, um, for him to walk away with that title. Just huge. And then to have like full, like control of the Bullet Club, man, it's a lot. Um, and that's why it's kind of like, if it was, and I guess you're right. If, if it was just for control of the Bullet Club, then I could definitely see Cody winning. But since it's for the title also, 
I've got to go with Kenny. You know, here. Uh, how long has Cody been working with I um, with New Japan? Uh, he debuted not last Wrestle Kingdom, the Wrestle Kingdom before. So it's been almost. It's been a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like too much too soon. Just from seeing, you know, how much. And it's not had. like he can't hold that title. I no, no, I'm not saying he's not deserving. I just don't know if they feel like hmm. he's at that level yet. So, I mean, we're coming off Okada holding it belt for how long? Hmm. Um, you know, and Kenny working, but what a great story that would be if Kenny like loses it, his first real defense. Mm-hmm. That'd be huge. You know, and then against Cody, I mean, you want to talk about heat for Cody and that he's like the rightful leader of the Bullet Club. It'd be a great story. It would be. And that's totally what WWE would do. I just don't see <laughs> New Japan going that route. I really don't. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Kenny, you know. But yeah, I mean, what it it would feel classic Young Bucks for him for them to come in and like you mm-hmm. know be the ones to betray Kenny. Oh yeah, just to uh, super kick him out. Yes, maybe. right. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm definitely more excited for this than Extreme the Rules, rules. Oh, or, yeah. or fucking SummerSlam for that matter. So <laughs> there's just it's a lot of implications on what this. Even just this last match in general, yeah, will do for the continuation of New Japan and indie wrestling altogether. Well, especially like All In, you got All In coming up and everything. So, oh, man, and Kenny's on that card, mm-hmm. um, and so is Okada, yeah, and you know, and obviously Cody. So, I don't know, I don't know. Is Naito part of the card? Of this card? No, 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 no. All oh, in. All In, no. So I'm surprised that they didn't get him. You know, they got Okada. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, should be should be interesting though, right? Yeah. I mean, what, once again, like it storyline wise, this is probably to me this is the best storyline going on in wrestling right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not something we're getting weekly. I mean, mm-hmm. I know we get the you know the elite show everything, but it's not something we're getting weekly. It's not being hammered down our throws over and maybe that's what what's helping it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's been a long standing, you know, story between the two. Uh, I mean really it's like a year in the making, right? Yeah. Um so but yeah, they haven't like beaten it to death at this point. You know, you're still in trade because we haven't seen those two really like touch no, it. like this was a weekly thing and we saw yes, them where we're getting like, like four hours a week of it. If it was like what we like got, fucking with Roman Reigns booked up multiple segments and multiple matches. Well, yes. But I mean, even if it was Nakamura versus Styles, the way we've been getting them kind of just match after match after match. Yeah, yeah. Which it, you know, if the angle's right and the storyline's good and the wrestling's good, I'm mm. all for. I love a great feud like that where they go back and forth. But it's got to be right. And it's got to be well done. Mm. You know, and you know, as much as a, I hate to say it, I don't feel like the Nakamura and Styles thing was booked the right way, you know, from the get-go. Um, you know, I love the Nakamura heel turn, but I just... Nakamura needed to pick up that title somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the in between. I mean, maybe, yeah, he drops it back to AJ, but, you know, for that feud to really mean something and resonate storyline-wise, you know, I needed to see Nakamura get more out of it, and he didn't, unfortunately. So... Um, this would this would be great to see Cody walk away with belt. I'd be excited, you mm-hmm. know. I, I would definitely be interested to see what they do next. 
um, story-wise, but I just don't see them pulling the trigger on it right yeah. now. So, I mean, somewhere down the line, definitely, but I don't know. I know they're high on them. So what, what do you think about all the rumors right now that, like, after all in, WWE is going to offer the Elite everything, basically? And and they've got the fucking money after the Fox contract mm. now for SmackDown. I I mean I totally see them offering it. I just don't know like how will Kenny definitely feels like an artist who wouldn't be able to, you know, just integrity wise, you well, know, follow someone else's you know script because I feel like you know they probably get booking from New Japan, but they get to fill in, you know, the blanks. You know, match wise, you know, even storyline wise, you know, with what they do with like you know being elite. Mm. Um, but he's even been put on record saying that he doesn't mind the idea of having like a tighter constraint around him mm-hmm. that allows him to style wise into space. So he's saying that he would be actually interested in like having to work with those kind of like filters over him. Yes, That's also because when he doesn't have any of that, then it's too much. It's he can't like focus on what he needs to do. He's got wow. way too much to handle. Is what he is how he put it so out. So he's saying like he would almost want someone like to like you know steer the ship a little and like you know pump the brakes when needed. Um, you just know, to just, be in a smaller box mm-hmm. so that his creativity can fill. He's that obviously box not been watching the WWE product at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he would trust them besides what they've done with AJ. I don't know why he would even give them the benefit of the doubt where they could actually handle a talent like him. You know, I just, I mean... It would have to be one hell of a contract, I can tell you that. Oh, yes. They would definitely pay, especially for the Young Bucks. You know, there's no, they don't need to go there. They don't. So, and I don't know how much, you know... They would sell nine ninety nine subscriptions, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> but, see, and once again, like, I don't know how much, you know, like, like what I was telling you um, off mic, how much we're living in the bubble of, you know, being hardcore wrestling fans. Mm. Like, how much of a bump WWE will get? I know they'll get an initial ringing bump, you know, just from, like, all the fans of the Young Bucks and everything like that, but I feel like it's almost going to be, like, an ECW type you know, where they get that bump, you know. I mean, WWE did great, you know, those initial pay-per-views when they featured, you know, ECW, um, you know, um, the one-night stand yeah. pay-per-views. But then after that, you know, they WWE them, you know, and they really just, you know, put that, like, almost gloss of, you know, WWE, like, sanitizer over them mm. where it just became, they became part of the machine. Um you know, I don't know if they know how to make those guys appeal to a mainstream audience. I don't know if I trust them. So, I mean, with what we heard, like, I was so surprised when the president of New Japan came out and he was talking about subscriptions to, you know, their channel to New Japan World. And he mentioned, you know, and just kind of in happenstance, it wasn't like he was bragging or anything, that, um, foreign markets do like 20 I believe he said 20 or 30 percent of their business that they have only about around hundred thousand subscriptions altogether now you think about that comparatively speaking to like WWE who's well over a million subscriptions I mean like to me New Japan is almost like a, a fitting number two mm-hmm. but like they're a number two definitely I feel like right now but there's a 
great amount of distance between those two. So I don't know how much of, you know, ratings wise, it's going to, you know, make, you know, like a real dent for that. I mean, I'll get a good buzz. Yeah, but at the same time, I could see them being pushed as Evil New Day, and they are literally just get the fans behind them but all their own. What it's going to take is just a month of bad booking for all of us to say, oh, they fucked it up. And for us to be like, you know, besides, the, you know, people like us who watch the product because we have a podcast half the time, you know, um, there's definitely times where I feel like I'm, you know, forcing myself to sit through, you know, five hours, you know, Monday and Tuesday to, you know, be able to talk about it. Mm. Um, and then you choose not to even do, do that sometimes. I just, I feel like it, I don't know. I, I definitely see. I mean, look what happened with Gallows and Anderson. How quickly, you know, that turn took a turn. It for just, the I guess, it depends on how large the. Like, I would are. almost rather have them go to like NXT. <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. And no one, like, you want to talk about, you know, being in the bubble. You know, like, I mean, th- their audience is small. You know, minuscule. Like, we enjoy it, but. You know, it's really small compared to, like, Raw and SmackDown. Um, there was rumors that NXT was going to actually end up, like, airing, like, on Fox also. Yes, I think um, I think there's more rumors that that's going to be on something else as well. Yeah, like Fox Sports or something, something like that. Yeah, one of their other channels. So we'll see. Um, and that would open up to a wider audience, but then I feel like that's going to open up to the old man wanting to be involved more, which, you know, scares me to death at this point. Um, but I mean, this is all <laughs> speculation, rumors, and speculation. So um, I just want—I just, I just want don't trust the WWE. I would love to see it. Like, pardon me, would love to see it. But I love having mm-hmm. this alternative and be able to like. At least there's New Japan, you know. Like, I, I, there's a storyline I really enjoy. There's wrestlers I really love out there. That's not like underneath the corporate roof of the WWE. So I just want to see if, like, if they decide to not do this, if they decide, fuck the contracts, fuck whatever WWE's saying, and they take all into another level. Mm-hmm. I want to see, like, could they possibly even create their own American show down the road, like their own, like you know, federation, if you will. Yeah, their own. I could see that possibly happening, like especially if they do well, but you know, like. New Japan, the, the, the Cow Palace show hasn't even sold out right now. And you look at it, I feel like this is because New Japan doesn't know how to promote, yeah. you know, stateside yet. Um, I wish they would trust the Young Bucks and, you know, Cody to do more of that because obviously it works for them. Yeah. I just don't know. The more shows they do, I'm wondering if the novelty will wear off, you know. And then are you booking, are they the bookers? Are they running the, you know, show? Um you know, or do you have like a like group like you know Ring of Honor? You know, getting a bigger TV deal. You know, since they have some of these talents mm-hmm. under contract, saying, "Hey, look, they did such a huge show. We have these guys under contract. You know, give us you know give us an hour of TV time. You know, why not?" So I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I feel like they'll definitely do like a like tour. You know, but then once you do too much of it, it waters it down. So I feel like it's got to be a little, like maybe like a couple times a year at the most at first, you know, until they really can build up steam. But we'll see. We'll see. 
I mean, they're on top of the world right now. There's, it, they're as big as you could possibly be not working for the yeah. WWE. You know, it reminds me a lot of how ECW was at the time, you know. But then we found out that it, they did have some WWE backing that, you know, no one really knew about. Like, how much? I don't really know, and that's all been speculated on. But they did have WWE, you know, financially backing them to a certain extent. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I also think it'd be great for WWE to get into some kind of working agreement with New Japan. Um, they've been working with other federations, you know, around the country or around the world, I should mm. say. Um, so just something where you can get crossover shows, you know, and use them like that. I think I just that'd don't, be fun. I don't see that happening in the current, like, with the current management. I feel like, but they, they're doing it in Europe, you know, and they even did a WWE and a, a European NXT. So they're doing that over there, where they're using other like you know groups and indies, you know indie groups for lack of a better term. So I mean, I don't know if it would be. It would definitely help for exposure wise for New Japan. Um, it's just whether or not WWE feels like they would get enough of a rub, you know, and whether or not New Japan would be able to give any kind of creative control over to WWE, you know, with how they book those matches. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I, I definitely know Triple H would be open to it, and he's actually said that, but I don't know Vince, you know, how much Vince would be willing to give. So, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're ending that down note again. It's, we just got to keep wrestling like in the middle <laughs> of the show. We should have ended on Ant-Man and Wasp. <laughs> eh, that's fine. Um, I mean, so yeah, that's the G1 special. It's going to be this weekend's <laughs> And that's us speculating a whole lot. A whole lot. <laughs> There's a lot of implications. There's a lot. And it's it's an exciting time in the business. Mm. I will say that. You know, there's a great buzz out there surrounding wrestling. I feel like a lot of fans are getting turned on to it again. Um, and it's just such a great world where they're like you've got so many different kinds of wrestling just at like the click of a mouse right now. Um, which I feel like, you know, ten years ago we didn't have that. No. You know, we were just stuck. With whatever the WWE gave us. We're in a content-driven era. Yes, yes. So um, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Really, it is. Even though it doesn't sound like it if you listen to the show. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Before we go, we want to shout out some podcasts that we think you should be checking out. Uh, first, uh, we've got Hungry for Laughs. Uh, Hungry for Laughs is a podcast hosted by Charles that serves up talk and thoughts about, well, just about anything Always be hungry for laughs, and they're actually based out of Chicago. Um, this is a hilarious podcast. Give them a listen. All right. So next we've got Got Till Five podcast, a bi-weekly wrestling podcast where your two hosts, Max and Jess, discuss their top fives of various wrestling subjects, available on iTunes. This is a really cool podcast. Um, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, they got a lot of cool like top five lists. I think they did one like on HBK, you know, that kind of things, like wrestlers and shows. So, um, you know, definitely check them out if you're into wrestling like we guys, like we are, obviously. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Next up, we've got another wrestling podcast, the Brocast Podcast. They're based out of Australia. Two bros, Tom and Alan, watch and discuss films and pro wrestling. So very much like what we do here, um, but super entertaining listen. You know, go ahead, check them out. I believe they're on iTunes and other uh, platforms, you know. 
So give them a listen. And last but not least is Too Much Scrolling um, podcast with all the information you need to survive another week. Movies, books, news, published on Tuesdays. And they're published every Tuesday. We always get uh, tagged in their posts. Uh, Great guys, great podcasts. Check them out. All right. Now, before I get into my my usual spiel about how we're on everything, because we are on everything. Yes. But um, this weekend, I will be at a convention. Yes, our man about town, Christian yes. strikes again. <laughs> um, I'll be at Anime Midwest. It's mostly it's mostly fan driven, not like as big as um, other anime conventions are. So okay, so there's not gonna be like any big like companies there or anything like that. There'll be like some voice actors and such, but okay, not, nothing too crazy. They're not like debuting anything new. No, like that. Okay, but I'll definitely be interested in you know if you're doing cosplay, if you're doing if you're there and like uh, you want to meet up, see me. I'll take pictures with you. I will put it on Instagram. We will shout you out on Twitter. And are you doing any kind of periscoping from there? Um, I might do. I, might I don't want to put you on the spot, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking about it. It'd be okay. kind of cool to kind of walk around, and show like a little bit of the convention. So okay, I'll be there on Saturday and Sunday. So I just wanted to put that out there. Before. I love it. Plug away, my friend. Yeah. So awesome. Um, taking our show out about town. Exactly. So. <laughs> so and you know, since I'll be doing that, make sure that you're following us on Twitter. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram and Facebook where you can find this awesome content that's at Amazing Nerd Show. And we'll definitely try to let you know when you're about exactly. to go live on Periscope. So we're um, learning. We're yes. learning. <laughs> <laughs> and still, hopefully, on Periscope, we'll have a monthly wrestling show we're looking at. Yes. We're in talks right now creatively mm. trying to figure out exactly what we want to do, but we're kind of toying around with the idea of doing like a, you know, this month in wrestling type deal. So... We'll see how that works. Yeah, out. we'll definitely. If we want following these ugly us. mugs on <laughs> the internet or not. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So definitely follow along. There'll be more announcements shortly, I'm exactly. sure. Um, but yeah, uh, there'll be more announcements. <laughs> I don't know if about that, but other things. <laughs> so, uh, where can you find us, Christian? Um, you can find us on. Uh, Why do you look surprised? Like, I mean, this happens every time. Oh, do you show. mean on what? Like. Where to listen to us? Yeah, don't give our, like our address or anything, well, no, man. I, I thought you whatever. Um, <laughs> you Once can, again, people, it is twelve thirty in the morning. We start this show around what, like nine thirty? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. And we don't. Well, at least I don't know how to shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Well, you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, um, Stitcher. Um, I'm trying to rush Speaker? through this. Spreaker. Um, <laughs> Did you say Stitcher? Spotify? Stitcher, Spotify, um, Google Play, which we always forget to mention Google Play. Are we really on Google Play? Yeah, we're on Google Play. Well, that's why we forgot to mention because I didn't know we're on Google Play. Yeah, that was like the third one I put in. Really? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, we're horrible at plugging that, <laughs> so we got to get better. Yes. Um, I mean, just Google us. You will be able to find yes. us on your favorite platform. Rather easily. Yes. Um, also, we're on every social media platform that there exactly. is, I feel like. Um, you follow us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram. We try to offer different content on both. Um, and our main home is Twitter. Yes. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, talk to us, get feed- give us feedback, um, you know, give us show ideas, you know, go ahead, you know, contact us on, follow us on Twitter. Um, but yeah, and don't forget to rate, subscribe, you know, mm. that whole nine yards. Give us a review, um, you know, especially on iTunes. That helps out a podcast like us a lot. Yes, and if you want to, you know, 
praise the house band that you're hearing right now, they're on iTunes as well. Make sure that you rate and subscribe. Though. That's right. Them Guilty Aces. Yes, them Guilty Aces. So check them out. But that's going to do it for this week. Yes. Seven months. We've been doing this for seven months. It feels like about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Seven months straight, right? Yeah. All right. Seven months straight. Go us. <laughs> Self high five. <laughs> Woo! Happy Fourth of July, people. Yes. Have a good one. America. This is Christian. This is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. USA. 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 <laughs> <laughs>